0: chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, uh, the title of, of this lesson is Giving for God's Glory, Giving for God's Glory, continuing our series here through the Sermon on the Mount. I want to read verses uh, 1 through 4. Uh, it took us a long time to get through chapter 5. We had 19 messages from chapter 5. I don't think it's going to take that many to get through, you know, chapter 6. We spent, you know, a message on each beatitude. Uh, so I don't think it's going to take, you know, that quite that long to get through uh, Matthew 6. But um, anyhow, we want to draw from it as much as possible. We're in no hurry. And so just see what the Lord uh, has for us. Jesus said, Take heed that you do not your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly let's pray father help us tonight as we uh, come to this portion of your word and this sermon uh, from the Lord Jesus and I pray father that you would help us just to sit and to meditate and let the word of God uh, marinate in our hearts and that Lord that we would just truly or take it in and learn more from the words of Christ himself and what he taught his disciples while here on this earth And so, Father, help us as we uh, learn from these verses and help us to see what you have for us tonight. And help us, Lord, to truly always give for the right purpose for uh, your glory. In Jesus' name, And amen. All right, now, before we focus on these four verses and before we look at uh, speaking about charitable deeds as mentioned here in these verses, I want to point something out on a little bit have a larger context of this chapter because I think it will bring more meaning to these four verses as we dig into them. First, remember Jesus had spoken earlier in a sermon on the mount about how that their righteousness was to exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, and then Jesus proceeded to show several of the things the Pharisees got wrong in their teaching their application and practice of the law. And we've seen those, of course, in the last several messages. Now after he corrects now those teachings that they had heard, he then now begins to give the proper way to do works of righteousness. In chapter 6 of verse 1, uh, where in the New King James Version says charitable deeds in verse 1. I think the King James Version says you alms, giving of alms. After doing a lot of study and reading after a lot of people that know more than I do, most tend to agree that in verse 1, the word is better rendered righteousness. And that's why, like in the ESV, it actually translated, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen of them. So then in verse 1 itself would just speak of practicing righteousness in general. And then in the following verses, Jesus talks about very specific works of righteousness that we practice. On throughout the chapter, the specific works that we practice are first of all in verse 2 through 4 that we read, it speaks of charitable giving or charitable deeds. Verses 5 through 14 talks about praying. You know, praying is a work. Verses 16 through 18 talks about fasting. These were the three main religious practices of the Jews. In other words, the Jews, the Pharisees, these were three big things. Giving, praying, fasting. A lot was determined by those three things. Now, they should be done, of course. These things should be done. Jesus does not correct the practice of those things, of doing them themselves, but He corrects the way they were being practiced. Just like He wasn't correcting the law in chapter 5, He was correcting the way the law was taught, the way it was misapplied. Here He's dealing with specific works of righteousness that the Pharisees were doing, And he's saying, they're doing it all wrong. And it goes back to, you know, when Jesus says, your righteousness must succeed the Pharisees, he's not talking about justification by faith. He's saying, we need something better than that. They had an outward form of righteousness. They twisted the law to make it say what they wanted to say. And even when they did good, they did it wrong. And so that's what he's addressing, I think, here, beginning in chapter 6. So these things should be done but it's correct in the way they were done. Now, when you take a look at these three specific things that Jesus addresses all the way down to verse 18, those three things we mentioned, charitable deeds or giving, prayer and fasting, here's something I want you to take notice of is in each of those times as well, he mentions another subject in each of those occasions of what he's talking about in that, those acts of righteousness and the subject is rewards rewards on the subject of giving those who give to the glory to get glory from men he says what they have their reward when we seek to give in secret it says our father who sees all he will what reward you openly we see the subject of reward mentioned again in respect to prayer in verse 6, uh, he says that your father who is in secret place, he says, he will what? Reward you openly. And then in verse 18, in regards to fasting, he says, your father which is seen in secret will what? Will reward you openly. Now, I can very easily, when, when you look at this, you kind of, I'm, I'm saying this to get the bigger picture here as we deal with each of these subjects. Now once, once you see the mentioning of reward here, all through there, through those three subjects that he addresses, it's no wonder that Jesus says what he does immediately after that in verses 19 to 21. Let, let's read that. After he talks about all those, those three main things, then what does he say in verse 19? After he talks about reward three different times, three different things Giving, praying, fasting. Verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves what treasures on earth where moth and rust does destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And that's what I mean by taking a step back and seeing the larger context Of the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking about three things, three works of righteousness that that we do. We need to do it better than how the Pharisees did it. Okay, they did it for the glory of men. We're to do it for the glory of God. Talks about reward being connected to each of those. Folks, do it for the God's glory. Only in doing something for God's glory do we lay up treasures. Do we lay up treasures in heaven? I don't even know what all that involves in laying up treasures in heaven. But we do, I think, have some instructions on how to do it. And that takes us now to uh, verse 1. But be certain of this that as children of God, those that are born again by God's Spirit, justified by the blood and righteousness of Jesus Christ, we that are accepted in Christ the Beloved, there are rewards. There are rewards for our service. To our King. There are treasures that we can lay up in heaven as we serve our Lord here on this earth. To me, that is amazing. I don't even know what all that reward looks like. He hasn't given us a whole lot of description of it. But there are rewards for the people of God who serve Him the right way. Lay up those treasures. Let let us seek to learn more about the right way to give. The right way to pray. Rewards for prayer. I think there'll be rewards for prayer. Fasting. That's just all part of our Christian service to the Lord. When we pray for God's glory, when we fast for God's glory, when we give for God's glory, I'm telling you, there are rewards for the people of God. You know I'm not talking about working to heaven, right? You know that. I know my crowd tonight. I'm talking about as a born-again believers, there are rewards for us that we can lay up in heaven when we faithfully serve the Lord the right way for His glory. That's amazing because I know this, and you know this, that the ability even to serve, even the the desire to even want to do something for the glory of God is is not born with us, but is born in us by the Spirit of God. And so, naturally, He should get all the glory. But then He rewards us for giving him the glory that he deserves for working our hearts to even want to do the works in the first place. It's amazing. We do serve a gracious God. Verse 1, he says, take heed. Take heed. This is a very strong word in the Greek. It demands immediate attention. In other words, you need to give attention to this, Jesus says. I quoted the ESV earlier, It's translated, beware. You know, you see beware on something today, you're like, whoa, beware of dog, you know. Uh, beware. We must continually keep ourselves in check even when we are busy doing good. Even when you're doing the most noble act of praying. Even when you're doing the most noble act of fasting or giving. These three very basic Christian elements of, Christ, of, of service to our Lord, ways we serve Him We've got to keep in check and doing these three simple things to make sure we do it the right way. The, the flesh we still dwell in are, is a glory seeker. It's a glory seeker. Our flesh wants the praise and glory of man. How could we want the praise and glory of man whenever we're just giving or we're praying or, or, or uh, fasting? This is a battle that we have no matter how long we've been a Christian. It's sad that even when we do some of the most wonderful acts of Christian disciplines and Christian service, even when we're doing the most wonderful acts of Christian piety, of, of giving and and prayer and fasting, that we can actually do these things with wrong intentions and wrong motives. We can readily identify with Paul, I think, who said that very simple statement when he did good, what did he say? evil was present with him i mean what evil himself no matter where i go there i am you know let none of us think that we are uh, beyond that but then notice he says in in verse one he says that they do them to be seen of men now though we're going to be talking about specific things we're going to be talking about giving talk about prayer talk about fasting i think verse one is more of a broad application. Of, of all righteous acts. So in anything that's righteous, anything that's good, anything that's honorable, don't do it to be seen of men, no matter what it is. And so what verse 1, I think, is a broad application of all righteous acts. Verse 2 through 4, where he talks about the specifics, the giving and the praying on down and the fasting. So in all righteous acts, do not do them to be seen of men. Speaks of our motive, of of why we're doing something that is righteous and good. If you are doing something that is a righteous act, but you're doing it before others, to be seen of others, for the praise of others, then that righteous righteous act then becomes a what? A self-righteous act. (laughs) We can turn a righteous act into a self-righteous act. What looks like good intentions, what looks like a good thing, can become a terrible thing. Whenever our hearts are not right with God, and in our intent and motive, we are seeking the praise and glory of men, and we're not seeking to give glory to God. The praise and glory we get from men when we do good deeds to be seen of them, well, that is our reward. That's it. Let me tell you what, and that is is a fading flower that's gone in a moment. There is no reward from our Father in heaven for good deeds done for self-righteous motives that seeks the appraisal of man. Now verse 2, he says this. Now we're getting more into, I think, uh, charitable deeds or giving of alms, giving, helping the needy. He says when you do a charitable deed or when you give to the needy, when you give alms, any sort of charity work or giving money or whatever it may be, But notice Jesus says, when you do it. When you do it. Jesus is speaking in such a manner that doing charitable deeds or giving to the needy is just something assumed that His people are going to do it. This is something that servants of the king do. They give monies to help the the poor. They help the needy. They do charitable works, charitable deeds. Jesus says, when you do, in verse 2. He says, when you do, in verse 3. He doesn't say, if if you do something like this, when you do it. When he says, when you do it, that means we are to do it. But he says, when you do it, he says, do not sound a trumpet. Now, I could find, and reading after a lot of people and trying to dig into the, 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 the culture and stuff, I could find no proof that there was actually like a literal trumpet that people, I, I expected to find that. You know, when I started digging, I, thought, I, I bet they must have had the practice of literally blowing a trumpet. Um, but they... From what I can find, I'm not saying it wasn't a practice, but I couldn't find proof of it, so maybe there was. Uh, I did read in, in one place, uh, or maybe a couple places, that said some of the containers that people put their money into, that they were actually shaped in like a form of a trumpet. It, it, it looked like a trumpet. In other words, it was really narrow uh, at the top, and it widened out, and that was actually to, pre- to prevent thief thievery, I think, from people getting stuff out of it. Um, so in the shape of a trumpet, small at to the top, wide at the bottom. And so I can, very, I can picture this very easily, that if it's something very big or whatever, if people had it, uh, they could very possibly make sure people heard them, you know, putting the money in. Or, or uh, I've, in my house, I've got one of those five-gallon uh, water things, you know, it's narrow at the top. You know, I drop all my change in that. And uh, I like to put it in there. Sometimes I'll shake it, you know. I like, like to hear that change in there, you know. And um, I could just I could just see somebody you know putting money in one of those things if it's shaped like that and just you can very easily shake it with it with the top being, or the bottom being heavy you can just rattle that really easy, and I could just see that maybe some people putting money in a, just so everybody everybody see me yeah I did that you know so so I could see that practice very easily. Um, now I did find that in Persia during this time, uh, where needy beggars were they were literally furnished with a trumpet the. In other words, the givers didn't have a trumpet. They would actually give the beggars a trumpet, and so that whenever people helped them, they were supposed to blow the trumpet, <laughs> so that everybody would know that somebody helped them. And so, maybe that practice was creeping in during that time. I don't know, or maybe it was aware of that of that happening. I don't know. Um, but anyhow, the bottom line is this: our evil fleshly nature doesn't need a trumpet to make sure we draw attention to ourselves when we do a good deed right we can find our own trumpet right we can find our own trumpet ways for people to find out i have no doubt that it's likely because of maybe what jesus taught here that we might somewhat we might get that saying don't toot your own horn you know you've heard that saying don't toot your own horn it might go back to the sayings of christ here you know, people know how to do good things and to give in a manner that draws attention and gathers the praise of man. It is a wonderful and noble thing to help the needy. should be done by God's people. But it's sad when we do it for the praise of man. Then it becomes an act of self-righteousness. So are we the type of person that seeks to give so others see us? Now, we also, we need to quickly bear this out. Just because you do a charitable deed or give to something, give to the needy, and, and I've said this before, but I need to say it again because of the passage we're in, it does not mean that you've done it with ill motive, okay? Um, remember, remember what Jesus actually said in, in chapter 5, verse 16. He said this, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And so, listen, not all charitable deeds can be done private. Not, all, not even all giving can all, always be done in private. Sometimes people know, people find out, or, or, or whatever. Um, but uh, it shouldn't be our desire to make sure everybody knows we did something or, or gave something. But it should be done in secret as much as possible. But when people find out, let me tell you what, we need to make sure we're giving for the glory of God. Then he says, don't give blowing a trumpet. And then he says, as the hypocrites. As the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so the hypocrites were in the place of worship. The hip- hypocrites are in the streets because if I won't go to church. There's hypocrites down there. Well, let me tell you, there's hypocrites everywhere. They're in church. They're in the streets. They're in the store. I mean, they're in every job place. There's people who pretend to be one thing and they're another. Though that's people. That's people. Everywhere there's people. Where you want to find hypocrites? So uh, anyhow, I love I love that, that that thing. A long time ago, I heard. Uh, the guy, a preacher was talking to a guy and says, Hey, you going to go to church Sunday? He said, No, I'm not going. He said, There's nothing down there but a bunch of hypocrites. He said, Hey, I seen you at the game the other day. He said, Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, I don't know why you go to the games because there's nothing but a bunch of hypocrites there. He said, There's a lot of people that don't want to be there. There's a lot of people who are there for other people. There's a lot of people there just to make contacts. He said, I won't go to the game. There's nothing that, there but hypocrites. So, <laughs> anyhow, I always liked that. There's hypocrites everywhere. But Jesus says it is the hypocrites that give only to be seen of men. Now, why would a hypocrite do something publicly to want to be seen of men? Because they want to be identified as a good person, when in reality they're not. When they want to be identified possibly as a good, godly, righteous person, when in reality they're not. Listen, men cover up their wickedness with acts of righteousness. Men cover up their wickedness, their evil heart sometimes, with works of righteousness to appear righteous before others. That's a hypocrite. The word hypocrite goes back to a a Greek word that talks about a stage actor. It's the word of of an actor. Um, When when we look at the word hypocrite, that's translated here, hypocrite, the word that talked about those who played in theater, and they would wear various masks. Like today you have a person playing, if you go to, in a movie, one person plays something, but in a lot of theaters, one person might play multiple roles. And that's the idea here, is, is a hypocrite, is a stage actor who wears various masks at different times to pretend to be all kinds of different things. A hypocrite is one thing here, one thing here, and another thing here. He's one thing at church, he's one thing at work, he's one thing at home, and he's one thing out with his buddies. That's a hypocrite. And, and, and so, to, to cover up what he really is, that he's really not a believer, that he really isn't a follower of Jesus Christ. He, he has this, this facade of righteous acts, and so he wants to appear charitable. He wants to appear as a man of prayer, and he wants to appear as a man who would even fast. But he's covering up something. Now, in Acts 4, not, again, back to not everything can be done in secret, in Acts 4... If you remember this, I'm gonna have to go over this quickly, people were selling their houses, remember that? They were selling their homes, their lands, laying all the proceeds before the apostles' feet, so that they could distribute it to, to the need to those that had need. And a man by the name of Joseph, who was also named Barnabas, was specifically named, and everyone must have knew about I think he must have had and exceptional houses or lands but but he sold all he had and gave it to the apostles so everyone knew it's, it's recorded in scripture and everyone there knew about his enormous sacrifice but so is that void it's not void it's not void he gave to the glory of god it's not void now it seems that it seems though that this must have been a great stir and and maybe people admired him for that not that he was a glory seeker okay But people might have admired him for that. And there's nothing wrong with admiring people who give generously, as long as you give glory to God for what they've done. But because of that, there was a couple people, a couple, actually, that I think that wanted that same admiration. Do you remember their names? Ananias and Sapphira. And what did they do? They pretend gave. They pretend gave. They gave the go back and read it. They gave the appearance that they had given all the proceeds of, of all their, their, their land and, and houses that they had sold. They had laid the apostles' feet. They pretended like they gave it all. Now they didn't have to. They didn't have to give it all. Never never does it tell them to give it all. But they pretended like they gave it all. They fake gave. They fake gave. And it didn't end well for them. God, God killed them for that. It was, a, it was hypocritical giving. Um, when I think about that it reminds me if you've seen that movie Flywheel and he's not right with God at the beginning he's sitting in church and they passed the plate there and he didn't want to look like he wasn't giving anything so he pulled an envelope out and acted like he put something in it and stuck it <laughs> stuck it in the, in the plate as it went by and his wife looks over at him oh, you, know, you know he pretended he gave he wanted to look like he was giving why? so people would see him And he would get a little bit of praise, admiration of men, but he didn't really want to give. Folks, giving in private and giving in secret. Do we do that? Or do we only give to be seen? Let me go on here very quickly. Verse 3, he said, Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now this is likely just a way that Jesus is saying, Do not even seek to inform the person next to you when you give. In other words... Don't spread the word. Um, I really really like what David Guzik said about this. He said this. He said, Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Instead, our giving is to be, if it were possible, even hidden from ourselves. Though we cannot really be ignorant about our own giving, we can deny any indulgent self-congratulation. I like that. And so maybe it does refer to that. Um, you know, so, so, basically he's saying, so basically he's saying that it, it's, it's, it possibly means don't even pat yourself on the back <laughs> when you give. Uh, don't blow a trumpet to inform others and don't toot your own horn in private. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Um, don't be full of yourself. You know, you give somebody privately, nobody else knows about it. Don't be all lifted up in pride about it. Just thank God that he gave you the opportunity and gave you the means to help somebody. And though nobody else knows you did it, you yourself give God glory. Say, God, i give you glory that I was able to help that person. Though nobody else knows about it, Lord, I want you to get the glory. Lord, I'm giving you the glory for that. Nobody knows but you. But Lord, I'm just thankful for the opportunity to do that. Let me tell you what. When you give like that, God rewards. I think he rewards openly sometimes here on this earth and he blesses you in ways after that openly where you're like, I know. It's like in your mind, spiritually, you can't explain to people, but you know that God, that you can connect, you giving and helping here to God blessing you over here. You just know God blessed you here because you did this. You can't really explain it. But I think there's also going to be an open reward, an open reward when we stand before the Lord. He's going to reward us openly there as well. He says, the Father will reward we may give in secret and be hidden from the eyes of men but our heavenly father sees every single good righteous charitable deed we have done and every penny we have personally given to help the poor he's seen it all there is nothing that has escaped his eye or will be forgotten by him any work of righteousness we've done anything we have given to help others uh, many things we've even done even for the right reason people we've given to, people we've helped, uh, people we've done works for, people we've maybe given money to that we have forgotten all about. Forgotten all about. But our Father has not forgotten. I, one of my favorite verses in regards to this is Hebrews 6.10. For God has, is not unjust or unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward His name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. God hasn't forgotten a one. So the the question tonight is, are we laying up treasures in heaven? Are we personally giving and helping the needy? Are we doing it for the purpose of God's glory and not the praise of man? Do we evidence real Christianity and are not simply pretending? If we want to be like Jesus, then let us give to the glory of the Father. Give to draw attention only to Jesus. If people know about it, make sure you're giving attention to Him not to draw attention to yourself. Father, help us, Lord, to be givers. Help us to learn from this passage and help us to do things for your honor and for your glory alone, not for the praise of men. Help us not to give pretentiously or fake give or just to, to get the praise of others, but help us to give generously with our hearts and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.